Let this food take you places you've never imagined. We really out here eating good ass food, listening to good ass music, just vibing. We aren't critics. Fuck critics. We're only bringing you things we love. With your host, Nelson motherfucking Conroy. You've never experienced anything like this before. Open your ears and free your taste buds. Gastro traveling, motherfucker. Welcome back to another episode of Gastro Traveling. It's been a week. It's it's always been a week. I always say that it it, it, it has. It's <laughs> but you know, uh, whatever, man. I'm Nelson Conroy, your host, and I am here with the artist behind the gastro traveling mm-hmm. experience, Tristan Horse. What is up, Tristan Horse? It's good to be here. I've been a lifelong fan. I've been listening for years. Uh, I'm I'm glad I finally have my 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 spot in the spotlight. Uh, Tristan Horse from the podcast. Welcome to the Horse House, to the horse uh, Florida's house. number one rated Islamo-libertarian fascist podcast. <laughs> this is going to be the most evil episode of Gastel <laughs> Trap. <laughs> I'm trying to rein myself in. I've, I've been in prayer and meditation all week. So, um, wow, what an episode we have for you this week. Uh, last last episode we had uh, Justin Spanos, which is the music man of the podcast. This week we have the art man that made the mm-hmm. logo. And uh, future projects for hopefully for the for the podcast, but free of charge. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, save that. Uh, so this week we're talking about uh, what the fuck are we talking about the revolver by the Beatles. Yep, right. That's that's what I studied uh, for for the last week. The revolver. We're doing a revolver. Nineteen sixty six by the Beatles. Right. Uh, no, we're doing uh, Surfs Up by the Beach Boys. All right, I'll go with it. Yeah, all right. I hope, I hope, I hope you've listened to that. It's before, right there behind us. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. That's the podcast. All right. Well, it's been nice being on here, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, I don't know. What do you want to say? What do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm happy to be here. I've been a, uh, you know, early in life. Um, I always say you have two choices musically. You either have to go with the Rolling Stones or the Beatles. But there's also the Beach Boys too, sitting in the corner. That's like, the, and the... Uh, only the weird people choose them over both bands. Uh, they're just a weird band. I they're don't... they're interesting because they're called the Beach Boys. They really kind of put themselves into a corner yeah. by calling themselves the Beach because they all can, they only can sing about the beach. They weren't thinking about longevity when they made that name up. No, because like the Beatles you can you can sing about whatever. Exactly. Rolling Stones you can touch mm-hmm. whatever. Beach Boys you just got to care about like catching a wave or something. And funny enough, only one of them surfed. Uh, really? Dennis Wilson I... and he actually drowned to death. So <laughs> so it's a little ironic. They're kind of an ironic group of guys, you know. But they were founded in I think uh, um, late fifties, early uh, at the at the most fifty nine, but probably like sixty sixty one. Founded by Brian Wilson, Dennis Wilson, sure. Carl Wilson, Al Jardine, and the Wilson's cousin Mike Love, <laughs> and David Marks. What is this? Too much information for you guys? Why, why is everyone laughing? Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, in, Rob. In, in Hawthorne, California. I'm sorry. I like the Beach Boys. Bro, you're supposed to be dead. We're <laughs> <laughs> breaking the fourth wall. Is this the first you've heard about the Beach Boys? Is this the first I what? Heard about the Beach Boys? No. They I, were banned in the 60s. I know about like 
Surfing the USA. Yeah, of course. And, Which like, they I totally know, stole from. Uh, what's his name? Famous. Uh, uh, <laughs> fucking A. Why can't I think of his name? No, famous black guitarist. Chuck Berry. Oh, really? That whole song was stolen from Chuck Berry. I'm surprised they never got sued. Well, I'm, I'm, I think a lot of their stylings and... and... Everything has been stolen by... Well, early in the 60s, with rock and roll especially, it was all borrowed from black musicians. Like, damn, one of the one of the songs on this album is a Muddy Waters song, pretty much. Yeah, that's so, true, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that, but yeah, that's very true. Uh, on that note, that little intro, uh, let's bring who we've stolen a lot oh, from. Oh, yeah. Angel Campo, the pride of Puerto Rico. Our little angel. Our little angel. With 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 the food oh, we have wow. this evening, I don't even know what it is. This looks great. It looks like, uh, it looks like meatballs and like rice, and it looks like something I would eat if I was like in an Asian video game. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It looks like something from. It looks like something from like an anime or something. I don't know. What? No, you're completely <laughs> off. By the way, off. I hope you get destroyed today in this podcast, by the way. <laughs> Destroy? It's not, we're not fighting. It's a competition. It's a competition. For uh, what? What are we fighting? What are we co- competing for? I don't know yet. Okay. Also, the lack of What's shoe the inside the studio is awful. <laughs> we're all we're all not wearing shoes. Are you wearing shoes right now? No. So what's the problem? Like, the aromas of the food might get, like, confused. Probably your beach bums. Okay. That's the vibe we're going for? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, Angel. What did you put in front of me? Top that- to bottom or bottom to top? However you want to, however you want to play it. Well, it's sideways too, so balls. Um, so you have vegan meatballs, okay, in a fusion between Polynesian and Hawaiian sauce, and then we have sticky What's the white difference? rice. Huh? I don't know how to attack you right now. <laughs> are you like? Angel, I feel like you hate me right now. No, no. Are you just like culturally like uneducated? I'm, I'm just, just kidding. No, no. That's too hot. That's too hot. That's too hot. Um, well. I really don't know. It's ketchup and okay. soy sauce. Okay. All right. That sounds very good. It's almost the same thing. It's vegan. What's it made out of? Oh, it's like plant-based. Let's go back. Okay. Uh, the whole the vegan thing is just like, eh, it's plant-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it has uh, soybeans. I know like, like it probably has like kale and just like other, like, you know, I don't, I know it doesn't have black beans for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's expensive. So I'm guessing it's like in a really nice farm. They like raised. Patreon money. Ooh. Do we have a Patreon? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna tuck in, dude. What, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. What are we offering? What, what are we offering to like the people who give us five bucks? Uh, you. Oh, the recipes. The recipes. Oh yeah, it's on the Patreon. Angel, this is fantastic. Thank Patreon. you, Bubble. I'm glad you're Thank really? you. Thank you. Wow. Oh, you've not had my food. I've never had your food before. I've never heard tall tales from Rob. You guys not so tall anymore. They're real. Because Tristan had, um, yes. you know, the stuff from Mark, but still. Yeah, this is very good. Thank wow. you. Thank you. It tastes like fake meat. Well, it's plant based. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Do you need an explanation why I chose this dish? Yeah. Dude, you're slacking, bro. <laughs> I'm just sitting here enjoying. And you're attacking? Like, what is this? Oh, okay, Are you okay. showing off because no, no, we have no, a friend no, no, here no, today? No, no, no. I, I, have, I have a valid explanation of what happened. I usually eat beforehand, and I didn't eat today. Okay. So my plate is outside. But uh, the reason I chose this was because this was like, what, the 17th studio album? Yeah. And yes. a new manager, they wanted a new direction for... I think it's your twenty third, because twenty twenty, which came out two albums before this, was your twentieth. Maybe it says on the on this on the genius dot com. Does it's it seventeenth? Yeah. All right, sorry. So and then you know they weren't going in a new direction because of their manager or whatever. So 
the tone for this album was like very like uh, environmentally friendly. So you know we're in twenty what, what year in twenty twenty one. So I'm like yes. let me you know do it up. So you think Beach Boys, you think Hawaiian, you know seventies. Uh, this was uh, so Hawaiian meatballs mm-hmm. was like a popular dish in the seventies. Uh, vegan because you know we're trying to be we're trying to save the earth here. And Brian Wilson had his own health food store in the sixties. Yeah, it was called. Mm-hmm. The, the happy something? What, what was it? What was it? It was something that like the, the, fun. <coughs> something radish. Oh, the radiant radish. Rad, radiant radish. Yeah, the radiant radish. Mm-hmm. Now you open it in '66. Should I open wrong. a health food store? No. Yes. Why no? I don't believe in you. Angelic delights. I'll turn it into a bodega. Perfect. <laughs> yo, no, wait, hold, hold up, hold up. I changed my a health food bodega. Dude, I'll be slinging out some weird tofu out the back. Oh my goodness. Mystery tofu. Well, it could be themed gastroly. But it's still a health food store, right? Is yeah. that what we're saying? Health, it, yeah, it's a health food bo- bodega. That's to what... get the yuppies in. No, exactly. Like, yes. But like, you know, I'm, then I'm doing this service to the whole bodega. We open it in Williamsburg. It's perfect. Also, I'm upset at you. You broke the fourth wall with Rob. Usually he did I it. do that. I do that. That's he my did it. thing, you know. Shout out. Rest in P. Rob. Rest in... He's in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's not in heaven. I'm going to bring like a roll of ones and just like... Rest in shit. But, Angel, this is really, really good. Thank you, Bubba. Like, it, it, yeah, it's fantastic. Like, the sauce and like the pineapples... Pineapple's great with sauce. It, it, and the it rice. brings the, uh, the sauce. So, you know, is this like sesame seeds right yes, here? Yes, sir. It is toasted sesame seeds. So it's black sesame seeds and white sesame seeds. And it has red and green peppers in the it's sauce. Fantastic. So it's onions, garlic. Uh, I can tell, you know, here. Oh, for the Patreon. Uh, so the sauce. Let me tell you. Uh, onions, garlic, white wine to deglaze. I didn't have sake, so whatever. Uh, ketchup, brown sugar, soy sauce, peppers, and then uh, pineapples. That's the sauce. The pineapple is like it, the sweetness of the pineapple makes it. It makes the sauce. It's like, oh, it complements so well. And you made it so quickly too. Oh yeah, that was like, it. can I make this? I Rob was, again breaking the fourth wall. Rob was just like talking to me, and I'm like, I'm gonna do this in like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, we had to put a Ouija board up, and uh, that's how we communicate with Rob. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. he's dead right there. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, well, after those flight logs from the Epstein flights were released and Rob was on there 57 times, he had to kind of go away for a little bit. <laughs> go on. Don't choke on the meatball, buddy. Yeah, you meatball. Angel. <laughs> also, do Sicilians like mess with meatballs or what you, yeah. what's the verdict? Yes. They fucks with it? My mom makes it like once a month. Does she put it on hoagie rolls or? No. Huh. She could. Do you want her to? No, no. You know what's funny? I feel like you hate me right now. No, no, hold on, hold on. Okay. What I'm about to say no, might be like a little hate. Uh, I'm just hangry. I'm hangry. It's not your fault. Okay. I usually eat before. But listen, remember how you went like a vegan shtick and sure. this would have been perfect back then? Well, you know, uh, you live and you learn. I still can't believe this isn't meat. You got a razzle dazzle. <laughs> we we got to bring razzle dazzle back. <laughs> Angel, you're amazing. Thank you, Bubba. You're, you're, culinary genius I've said this many times I, I love everything you put in front of me and put in my mouth my brother's calling me <laughs> I'm gonna answer it that's a no no okay hello hey I'm recording my podcast now you're, you're on it right now 
Oh, hey, podcast. <laughs> What's up? Tristan's here. Um, hey, Patrick. Hey, is that Rob? <laughs> <laughs> Rob's dead. Rob died, man. <laughs> uh, it's me, Tristan, Angel. Uh, Rob is in his spirit here, and also Randy. A sausage party. <laughs> What's up? How can I help you? I just wanted to, like, ask about what kind of music you guys are doing this week. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, radio? <laughs> it is this like <laughs> yeah, you'll find out when we release it. Yeah. All right, goodbye. Do you have any thoughts on uh, the Beach Boys? Uh, yeah, I like their Christmas stuff. <laughs> All, right. Saint Nick. All right, thank you, Pat. Bye. Right. It means he's in the Michael Buble. Yeah. <laughs> he says, oh, the that's uh, that's my brother Patrick. Well, he'll be on next week. Uh, we'll be doing an album that I've been fighting te- ne- <laughs> nailing teeth not to have on this album or this this podcast, but we're doing it. Also, so. can I put in a request in, in sure. months in advance? I fucking Since I can't say no. Christmas, right? <laughs> Me and Rob co-host for Christmas Michael Buble live. Yes. Live, like on the internet live? I don't care. Me and Rob have to sing a duet. That's all we have to do. And we'll put it on the Patreon. That's a good idea. Okay. All right. All right. And on that note, I'm leaving. Angel, thank, thank you so, so much, Angel, Angel everybody. Yeah. Enjoy. Thank you. The, the... Rob, my plate's empty. You can take it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Surf's Up. Surf's Up. It's, it was, it was, it's, it's an album. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the, the, cover art first before we get into the music. Well, the, the cover art was... I had it written down somewhere. Mm-hmm. It was uh, James... It's James Earl... Yeah. Jones? <laughs> no. And Dr- James Earl Ray, who assassinated Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, okay. But no, it was James Earl Frazier. He did the sculpture. And their manager, uh, Jack Riley, uh-huh. saw it in an antique store. And he loved it. The, the painting. And so he said, yeah, we'll, we'll make this the album cover. Uh, he saw it as uh, it, it kind of signer, signered. It kind of signaled. <laughs> yes. It signaled their departure from like their kitty image. Yeah. To be oh, yeah. a little more run down, a little more edgy. And also it kind of symbolizes because I, I forget the name of the the sculpture, but it's like the e- end of the road, end of the line or something mm. like that. And that's kind of like their, it, it's the end of their image. Now, as looking at it, the I, pinstripe feel like, Beach Boys. I feel like. This the subject matter. I feel like he's at the beach, though. It looks like he's at a yeah. beach. You know what I'm saying? I don't really know if there are too many like uh, plains Indians on the beach. That's more of like a South Dakota, North Dakota kind of tri- tribe. Like the blue in the background. Yeah, no, definitely just, just makes it feel like he's at the beach, and I think yeah, it, it, I think it signifies. The Beach Boys. Like, I hate it. <laughs> I, I, I it's the worst album cover in the world, and that's what why that's why I barely ever listened to the album because I judged it by its album cover. That same reason is why I listened to it. Yeah, because it was so intriguing. Because I'm used to like they're like like they're carrying a surfboard. They're all ten of them are carrying one. Exactly. Surfboard. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the uh, surf and safari days. So yeah, that, that's what I'm used to. And then I see this album on their Spotify or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, what is this, is this shit? And it's the most depressing. Mm-hmm. It really is. Because <laughs> if you look at it not that close, it looks like the, the spears threw him. Yeah. You know, like yeah, a, a dead like, Indian on a horse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Native American. But uh, but First yeah, it's uh, it, it's an interesting choice for an album, for an album cover. Because it it, the whole album was a crapshoot whether or not it was going to be popular or not. Because, I mean, this comes from... They had 
two like like three failures before this Mm. because so pet sounds comes out in 66 and in england it's a huge hit it charted in america but it wasn't crazy in america but it was pet sounds was huge and it's everyone tell you it's one of the best albums ever made yeah and then after that they have wild honey which did all right it was kind of r&b and kind of soul which was strange for them and then you had friends which was full of just like short songs and uh but it was their lowest ever on the u.s charts and then after that, uh, they released 2020, which was mostly outtakes over the years. They like just compiled outtakes oh, really? over the years and did some overdubs and stuff. And that was that sold really poorly. And uh, but w- one of the main reasons why it was so disjointed and stuff is his uh, Brian Wilson, who was we'll get into Brian Wilson. He was the brains. He was the architect of the group. Yes, and he was in a uh, mental hospital during that time. So he was not able to uh, to be there. And then Sunflower comes out, which was reached 151 on the Billboard charts, oh my God. which is really bad. And uh, uh, but many fans, and I, I do actually enjoy the album. Many fans will tell you that it that it's actually one of their best post Pet Sounds. Sunflower, yeah, uh, Sunflower, yeah. And uh-huh. uh, yep, uh, but that's that was like 1969 or 1970, and in those days. No one liked their image because they're a bunch of like goody goody two shoes surfers from yeah. California wearing like matching blue striped shirts on stage. And that's in 1970, you had Led Zeppelin, you had all these people, all these big, huge bands. You know, uh, Aerosmith was about to come out, uh, you know, fucking uh, Pink Floyd, like prog rock was a big thing. And I don't, I don't think that that's what Brian Wilson was either as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was this. Beach Boys image anymore because he no. was doing LSD. Oh yeah, and and that was a big point of contention with him and his cousin Mike Love because uh, when Brian was doing Pet Sounds, which it was mostly just him by himself, mm-hmm. they were on tour in Japan and he stayed behind and just did Pet Sounds. And Mike Love and also a lot of the other boys, they were like, "This is druggy music. This is like good, you know, all, all these like what are these lyrics?" You I know? saw uh, the. Uh, the genre of this album on Genius.com was mm-hmm. called Psychedelic Pop. Psychedelic I've never pop. heard that term before. That's interesting. But that's what this is, I guess. I, I, I guess you could say it's Psychedelic Pop. It runs the gambit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, there, there's a lot of different genres going on in this oh, yeah. album. Oh, yeah. It's all over the place. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. But yeah, I mean, this is the Beach Boys were at their lowest point before this album came out. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and they just got a new manager, Jack Riley. And he wanted to turn the image around a little bit, you know. He uh, he he made Carl Wilson the band leader for some reason. That's one thing about the Wilsons that I like a lot. Brian Wilson and Carl Wilson, the entire time they were in the Beatles, were, were fat. <laughs> they, they were famous boy band celebrities, and they were fat. So I always viewed as sort of like some good representation for me, you know, because like them and like Paul Simon back in the day, they were all fat. Finally, somebody you know, like finally, me. you know. But uh, their, their brother Dennis, who was the drummer, he was beautiful. They're fat. Uh, everyone at on home, a uh, yeah. <laughs> everyone at home, uh, look up Dennis Wilson. He was very beautiful man. Good friends with Charles Manson. Really, Charles? He wrote. Uh, Charles Manson wrote songs for the Beach Boys, and they sang them and stuff. Oh, yeah, they were God. always going to parties and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then that all changed in August of 1969 when the Manson family murdered <laughs> murdered people. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it was a very interesting time uh, for the Beach Boys, and, and Brian, of course, was just mentally not there. He, um, oh yeah, he I mean, up. he, uh, but 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 he was always a genius, though. I mean, he's um, he has synesthesia. 
Really? Which is where you can see music. Like Kanye West. Like Kanye West. Supposedly Kanye West <laughs> Allegedly. has synesthesia. His music is great. Kanye makes great music. Oh, I don't yeah. know if he's synesthetic, though. You know? He's not. But, uh, but, <laughs> don't <fucking laughs> the, the longer the podcast goes, we'll get more into what Brian did on this album, which is totally synesthetic of him. Because uh, there's some crazy shit. But, uh, so yeah. So yeah, this is 19... We're at, like around 1970 now. And they're trying to look, you know... Like I said, Sunflower did terrible. And so Jack Riley, their new manager, wants them to really branch out, start doing socially conscious lyrics. Mm-hmm. You know, that I mean that was all the rage back then, the late sixties, yeah. early seventies. I mean, everyone was doing protest music, you yeah. know? So that's what leads us here. And uh I don't know, do you want to get right into it? Yeah, we can start with the first song. I think it's I think this album is probably still relevant sort of today mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of the topics they they, they hit on oh yeah definitely Uh, but it starts off with don't go near the water don't go near the water don't you think it's sad what's happened to the water our water's going bad oceans rivers lakes and streams Mm-hmm. Which, which, which Tristan is not a fan of that song, but I like it. It's too on the nose. <laughs> it's way too on the nose. Because I think it, I think it's less because it's about pollution or whatever. Yeah, but I think it's more symbolic about you know they're the Beach Boys and they're surfing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but they're they're don't go near the water. Stay away from yeah. what we're used to or what we were known for, mm-hmm. and we're gonna do this. And, and that's why they started this album with this song. Yeah, and in a way, it's them uh, kind of mixing the two things together. Mm-hmm. Their newfound image and also their old image mm-hmm. of surfing. Yeah. Which, like I said, none of them actually surfed. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they're Californian, so they automatically surf. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's some lyrics in this I don't care for. Uh, don't go near the water. Ain't it sad? What happened to the water? It's going bad. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Mike Love wrote it. Uh, and uh, with Al Jardine, and only Mike sang it, and it's just, it's not the best. Uh, you know what I love is, not I don't love this, but toothpaste and soap will make our oceans a bubble bath. <laughs> Come so on. So let's avoid an uh, ecological <laughs> aftermath. See, that's, you can't, none of that makes sense. Beginning with me, beginning with you. <laughs> it's not good. It's you know, not. Mike, Mike's not the best musician in the world. And that's one of his biggest faults. I don't even heard a song with the word ecological. In it. Yeah, no, it's well, good for them. That's a that's a groundbreaking <laughs> achievement for them. But yeah, no, uh, it's just it, it, it's a weak song for me. The instrumentation's strange mm-hmm. as well. Although the outro is yeah, very pretty, with like the harmonizing, mm-hmm. which is like what they're known for. Basically, it, I mean that's what made them so popular. But it's like a they're the best harmonizers in music history. It's like a depressive version of that. Yeah, which sets the tone for the album. I think. Yeah, and it kind of and. and uh, it, it, it kind of harkens back to their earlier recordings too, just with the harmonies. Mm-hmm. And so they were keeping that a little bit, but a, a fun fact about don't go near the water. Sure. Johnny cash covered it. What? Yeah. He, and on ragged old flag, mm-hmm. I forget what year it came out, but he did a cover of it and he really only covered the chorus. The rest of the song, it's just him kind of talking about fishing with the sun. Oh, really? But sure enough, the chorus is, Don't go near the water, children, see the sea, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Johnny Cash did, in fact, cover it. So, wow. And his cover isn't... Not even Johnny Cash can make the song that great. <laughs> he's famous for making every cover he did better than the original. Well, I'm sure so, it's better than the original. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Still, yeah. I, but I mean, it's not and, good. And Mike's lo- Mike Love's voice, he has the quintessential Beach Boys voice. Mm-hmm. But I just, I've never been a huge fan of Mike Love's voice. And just him as a person. I think he's a shit. Why? He was very mean to his, his cousin, Brian. And he was always wanting to kick him out. Um, kick him was, out of his band? Kick him out of his band. Yeah, that happens. Uh, Frank Zappa, he founded the Mothers of Invention, and they almost kicked him out of the band because he didn't do drugs. So it happens. <laughs> if there's enough people in the band wanting to get rid of someone, they can kick anyone they out. That's they, fun, that's they can fun, kick man. anyone they want I mean, out. Yeah, I guess. But yeah. That's what we're trying to kick out Rob. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but also, uh, Mike Love, he somehow owns the rights to the name Beach Boys. Wow. And so the Beach Boys still tour. Like Randy said earlier, they're performing in Clearwater Beach soon here in Florida. Yeah. And uh, it's just. It's it's Mike Love and like I think Bruce Johnston who was a relatively yeah. recent yeah. he was a new member of the Beach Boys like in the late sixties or mid sixties uh, but yeah it's him and I think Bruce Johnston and another guy and they parade as the Beach Boys they they performed at some Trump rallies I think really and that's when everyone was like all right we really hate Mike Love now yeah I really torrid history with the Beach Boys and, and Brian Wilson hates it he hates that they tours the Beach Boys and and why why, why would he like it it's it's his band you so, know. Brian Wilson, mm-hmm. what is does he perform under the name Beach Boys? Or? He he performs under the Brian Wilson band. Okay, yeah, but he does like Beach Boys songs. That he he does Beach Boys songs. Yeah, Beach Boys songs, some solo songs, but yeah, and uh, yeah, I I've seen Brian Wilson two times. It was a Brian Wilson band both times. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. We we can <laughs> take a little non sequitur and talk about. So in 2013, the first time I saw uh, Brian Wilson and his band, we have uh, family friends. And uh, their uncle used to do percussion for the Brian Wilson band. Sure. And so I'd always get backstage passes whenever Brian would come to town. And so in 2013, I saw him. A, and, uh, and before he went on, I went backstage. And I met Al Jardine, who was a founding member of the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. He signed my copy of Smiley Smile. Told me all about the backstory of the album's recording and stuff like really? that. It was really cool. And I met David Marks, who was the original Beach Boy who wasn't on any of the uh, any of their later albums, so I didn't have him sign the album because I felt kind of weird because he wasn't on it. Uh, and then, and then so I, wait, hold up, back up. Yeah. Did you like hold like hold like? Hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, then, I said nice to meet you. I shook his hand. I just kind of hid the album behind my back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's exactly what I did. Uh, I'm sure he was just happy he was getting some money touring, but because uh, I'm sure he's been kicking himself for years for not sticking with the Beach oh, Boys, yeah. uh, or maybe he was fired. I'm I'm not too sure of the backstory. But uh, the whole time I was backstage, there was Brian sitting on a Lazy Boy uh, recliner, staring off into the abyss, just straight ahead into nothingness, and he was drinking a Diet Coke. <laughs> and so then finally we, we, we roused Brian up, and he signed my, uh, my copy of Smiley Smile. There's some details that I, that I won't put in the podcast due to just respect for Mr. Wilson, but he is... Um, a walking corpse, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, he, he makes beautiful music. That's all that matters. But it's, you know, Brian, he's great. And uh, But I don't know if he's going to tour anymore, especially after COVID. But it was mostly they wheel him out. And yeah. He sits at the piano. And and there's a guy back, not backstage, but in the band who does his high notes for him and stuff. He kind of just fades into the other guy doing the high notes. And it's a great time. Brian's awesome. He still sounds relatively good. 
but it, listen, if he goes out touring again, go see Brian Wilson. It's sure, awesome. I would, I'll go. Yeah, and and also I was supposed to be me and Nelson were in a, a drama production. <laughs> we were in high school together. At this we were point. in high school together at this point, and we were in drama together. And we had dress rehearsals for a big play that night. And I said, "Well, I'm going to go to a free Beach Boys concert, uh, Brian Wilson concert with backstage passes." So I lied to my drama teacher and said I was very sick, and I poured like grease and fat into a toilet and took a picture and. Sent it to her until it was vomit, and that I was really vomiting. Listen, but this, really, I was hobnobbing with celebrities that night. This is a huge revelation because only like three people knew about <laughs> me, my brother who called, yeah, and like another person yeah. knew about this, <laughs> and still to this day, nobody else mm-hmm. knows until right now. This uh, is the statute of limitations, or we're good now. Gastro traveling exclusive. Yeah, exactly. Sorry to our drama teacher <laughs> you know, if she's listening. The, the the play went out with off without a hitch. Oh yeah, it was totally fine. It was not a. We had rehearsed deal. it many times before. It, what was it? What, what did we do? It was. Uh, was it? Was it? Was it Brothers Grimm? Brothers Grimm. I think it was Brothers Grimm. I played. No, it was day the cornfield stood still. Was it? Yeah, I was about to <laughs> that time. Oh, then, well, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that in the podcast. <laughs> I'll edit it. It's fine. <laughs> um, okay. You wouldn't have a big part in that one, though. Like, not as not I played big. Lester, bro. Yeah, but wasn't as big as the one you had. No, exactly. That's why I was totally content with my lines. I was like, who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a great time, though. Hung out with the Beach Boys. I, I, I mean, would you rather go to your stupid little drama rehearsal or hang out with the Beach Boys? Yeah. I mean, come on. come on. It was a great show, too. I had a good time. <sighs> All right. It was uh, a hot October night in St. Augustine, Florida. Wow. Yep. And you were sick at home. And I was sick at home. I couldn't go to the Beach Boys concert or the drama rehearsals. Doesn't it suck? All right, next song. Sure. Long Promised Road. To let my soul Wow. I do like this song. Written and sung by Carl. His oh, yeah, I love first it. first solo composition. Mm-hmm. It's almost R&B a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, the, the way his vocal delivery. I, I'm actually a big fan of it. I don't have, I didn't write that much about it, but I really do enjoy it. It's, it's one of the standouts for me. It's one of the highlights of the album. I really like some of the lyrics that are on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hard to laugh, a childlike giggle. When the tears start to torture my mind, yeah, that's 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 poetic. Th- that's right some there. that's some quality sad Beach Boy shit. Oh right yeah, there, oh yeah. You know, what I really like is so hard to drink passion nectar when the taste of life is holding mm-hmm. me down. Every time I listen to that song, that line always sticks yeah, out. That's really yeah. good. And that was one of his first what? songs that he composed and was on an album. Yeah, yeah. Now towards the end, I I was kind of having a hard time distinguishing. Is it a guitar with like an effect on it, or is it a synth? It's a guitar. That's what I thought yeah. it was. It's a guitar with a weird pedal, crazy filter. Mm-hmm. It's a guitar because I think Jack Riley, who of course was the manager at the time, he even said it was one of Carl's finest uh, compositions. Oh guitar. yeah, it's re- yeah, it's a really, really pretty, song. really good stuff. You anything else to say about Long Promised no, Road? That's it. I don't know. It's a great that's song. A great song. I mean, that's that's all, that's all I can really say. And then, of course, you have to take a load off oh your feet. Oh, my God. But when you go to sit down in your chair, a 
Something else has gotta put you there. Take good care of your feet. That might be your don't go near the water. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't hate it. Because when I first heard it, I said, oh, this is a stupid little song. But God. It reminds me of, you know what it reminds me of? Like an early Beatles song. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that's, what, it, yeah, that's what it reminds me weird. of. Kind of weird, yeah. But the arrangement's fantastic. Oh, it's good. You have that, 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 um, that violin plucking and there's some trumpet it's in like the background. It's playful, too, because it's like... They'll put you in the driver's seat, and then like there's a little honk. Yeah, you know exactly, <laughs> and, and that's very pet sounds because in pet sounds, and Brian was the the driving force behind this song because uh-huh. he didn't do too many songs in this album, and everyone he did was was the one of the best songs. But uh-huh. uh, but yeah, it's uh, it has major Brian influences. Uh, the orchestration's great, uh, arrangements are great. But back in pet sounds, he would use like coke cans for percussion and See, dogs barking. And so that honking is very. I wrote uh, this song is like stomp. In my notes, <laughs> <laughs> I remember Stomp. <laughs> That's hilarious, Nelson. Thank you. Also, in some of the lyrics, I don't have in front of me, but they say Pete. Like they'll say like like people's names. Like literally, no, this some guy Pete. Let me pull up. The oh, real quick. um, and but but yeah, this this also the the, the the lyrics kind of harken back to the Smiley Smile album, which we'll get into later. But that uh. There were a lot of silly songs on Smiley Smile. There's a song called Vegetables that Brian wrote about eating vegetables. And funny enough, they were using chewing sounds for percussion. Mm-hmm. And Paul McCartney stopped by in 66 what? to record, and he chewed celery on the album. And if you look on the liner notes, the personnel list on the album, it says Paul McCartney celery for the instrument he that's played. Yeah, awesome. And that's back. That was Sergeant Pepper's Paul. I and mean, that was like Paul McCartney at Pete Beetledom. <laughs> That's yeah, a fun, fun little, fact. Fun little yeah, Easter Paul McCartney egg. on the celery. So uh, this line right here: mm. "Take good care of your feet, Pete. You better watch out." Oh you yeah, feet. that's an interesting. And I like, try to look at who he was or who Pete is or just some random name, but I it's just no like idea. a lighthearted, silly, just rhyming thing, I guess. Just saying, Pete. Yeah, I guess so. Take a load off your feet, Pete. Is that what they're saying? You better watch what you eat, Pete. Pete, yeah. They're just being silly. They're just being a couple of it's, crazy Hawthorne boys. It's a silly song. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm glad Brian could write such a f- silly, fun song, seeing as how he lived in his bed for three years during that time. <laughs> Dude had a beard down to his chest, long hair. Bat- he, he, he lived in a bathroom for like literally three years. This man went through it. He went through it. It's all because he wanted to do LSD, and it exacerbated his like schizophrenia and made Jeez. him go insane. Mm-hmm. But yeah, love you, Brian. You're a good guy. <laughs> But yeah, take a load off your feet. It is actually a standout track for me. I love it. Uh, it also is kind of has a serious t- like a like message to it, mm-hmm. where it's take take care of your feet, and it's it's kind of like you only have your own back. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know, take care of your. I, feet. And they almost explicitly say that in this song. Yeah. Only yeah. you can do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all up to you. So I I, I like it because mm-hmm. it's silly and it's serious at the same time. And, and of course, in the late sixties, early seventies, health kick. It was it was all the rage. You know, eating healthy, organic food, this and that, taking care of yourself. So not in the uh, rock and roll industry, of course. Everyone was doing cocaine and heroin. Yes, but that's that's a song for the hippies. Uh, Disney Girls, nineteen fifty-seven. Why is it? Why is it parentheses? I don't know. This is a Bruce Johnston. He 
he wrote and sang it. This was all him. When I first saw the track listing of this album, I thought it was like recorded in 1957. I thought maybe it was written or recorded in 57 as well. Because they would always kind of reuse And then I went to Bruce Johnson's like Wikipedia page, Mm -hmm. and it says years active, 1957 to present. Yeah. So I figured like it's... Because Disney Girls is, is basically... About like going back to like a fantasy world yeah. and like, so I figured that means like the good times was nice. That's what I gleaned from the the salad days, you know, yeah. when, when life was more light. Yeah, and you know, I, I, and I think this song in particular is relevant to a lot of people today mm-hmm. who are like Disney people or like comic <laughs> yeah. book men. Yeah, or, you know, like yeah. like they don't live in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, reality, it's not for me. And it makes me laugh. Oh, Fantasy Worlds and Disney Girls, I'm coming back. Yeah, that's actually a, a very good point. And all yeah, of a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's true. People who refuse to live in reality. I think a lot of people today. And to either escape to a, like, in, into Disney culture or just never go to reality. Just want to stay in some self made Disney adults. Yeah, that's Disney what this song's ad- about. It's, it's about. It's about cringe Disney adults. <laughs> yes. Bruce saw it coming. And it's crazy that even in, in the 70s, that yeah. they, they were Disney adults. He was very prophetic. What's up, Randy? Uh, Bruce pretty much said himself it's pretty much the girls of his youth. Really? So. Well, yeah, I think it's like the Disney, like, yeah, girls of his youth that were like from Disney movies. It wasn't necessarily Disney people. Yeah. Yeah, because I've wondered why it's Disney girls. Is it like maybe He's like, about like Cinderella and stuff? I think. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, like Annette Fudicelli kind of stuff, or like. I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> she was one of the original uh, Musketeers in the 50s. I don't know who that is. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse was a thing in the 50s. That. I know just Justin the Timberlake was yeah, 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 yeah. one. That was like the, the, the reincarnation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I was wondering what he meant by Disney girls. Like Cinderella maybe Disney girls or girls who like Disney. But also well, Disney could just signify a simpler time as well. Simple girls. It could be that. But I think it's also girls. like the like epitome of a, like a girl. Like the best girl is Cinderella. Yeah, I guess you so, right? Do you have more info on that, Randy? You were looking at us a little weird. Uh, no, no, no. I was right. just... My only thought is, you know, how Disney's considered the happiest place on mm-hmm. earth. Maybe it's just him thinking of Disney yeah, as happy. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. And 1957 was a happier time. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, because the 1957 in parentheses, that's definitely him talking about, like, this was the time. This is the frame of mind I'm in is 1957. Mm-hmm. I think that's really as deep as that goes, the whole yeah. 1957 part. But yeah, it's an all right song. It's it's, okay. it's one of the weaker ones for me. It's It's kind of like mom and dad music. It's like a little too <laughs> soft rock for me. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. some like you know fun guitars with the the, pe- the filters, the pedals on it, but it's 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 not Bruce's best. But yeah, Bruce is like my least favorite Beach Boy. Well, Mike Love is, but Bruce Bruce <laughs> never. Bruce is always just like that guy who kind of came in, you know, mid '60s. Or I actually, I'd like to know when Bruce was hired by the Beach Boys because I always viewed him as a newer Beach Boy. By newer, I mean 55 years ago. <laughs> but you know, uh, but I, it's an all right song. Yeah. I, I was kind of jamming to it on the way here because this whole time I've been talking shit. I was like maybe this is kind of growing on me. I was singing along to it. Um, so the next song, student demonstration yes. time. Student demonstration it's a, time. It's a rocking hit, man. Starting out with Berkeley free speech and later on at People's Park, the winds of change fanned into flame. Student demonstration spark. Down to Isla Vista, where police felt so harassed. They called the special riot squad of the L.A. County Sheriff when there's a riot going on. It's I a really, rockin' hit. I really love it. It goes hard. It really kind of does. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a retooling of 
uh, the old song Riot and Cell Block Number Nine, Nine yeah. which has been coming. In mm-hmm. my cell. Yeah. I heard a whistle blow, then I heard somebody yell. There's a ride going on. But it does that like money nah, 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 nah. like stop time nah, kind of nah, jazz. Nah, nah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the vocal filter that they use reminds me of a Black Keys song. Well, I'm so above you in this plane to see, but I came to love you in this way. So you. Oh, really? Is you know that what you got from that? Yeah. Is that? I I um I was thinking just him talking through a through a megaphone at a riot. That, yeah, 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 yeah. But to me, it sounded like whatever it's, they do with the black keys. It's a it sounds dirty. Yeah, not like content wise. It just like it's kind of just like a messy, dirty song. Are like, you saying this is the first grunge song? <laughs> yeah, this is totally the first grunge song by the Beach Boys. But it's totally not Beach Boys. No, fair it's at not. All. It doesn't it doesn't it's, belong on this album. Yeah, I don't think. and. I know they're still pretty far removed from their beach music because, of course, they had pet sounds with the Baroque pop and stuff. But, but this is so this different. is totally different. Yeah. This is like hard, almost hard rock, just with those with those guitars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Brian thought it was too intense. Um, Al Jardine and Jack Riley were embarrassed by it. Really, and Dennis Wilson was disgusted, quote unquote, disgusted Who wrote this by song? the song. Mike Love wrote it. Yeah, Mike Love wrote and sang it, and it's um, lyrically it's pretty weak, but yeah, exactly. the the music is great. Yeah, I, I mean, really, what, I mean, it, it is weak when it when he just like brings up protests that and stuff like. It, eh. Yeah, I mean, what he's doing is it's not like he's trying to make a point. He's literally talking about different riots that happened, yeah. especially the nineteen seventy May Fourth Kent State riots mm-hmm. where four students were murdered by. Uh, the National Guard. Yeah. Kent State still hasn't apologized for it. Really? Yeah. Um, and funny enough, not really funny enough, but as it goes, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young wrote a song called Ohio, which is all about that. Ten soldiers and Nixon coming. We're finally on our own. This summer I hear the drum and four dead in Ohio. Yeah. Thank you. It was a big thing that happened. And also the, the Berkeley free speech. Yeah. Uh, riots, which is funny because back then they were rioting for free speech, and four years ago they were rioting to let certain people not talk at Berkeley because <laughs> they didn't approve of their speech. Oh, what? So it's funny how things happen. The vicious circle. It's the vicious circle. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, de- student demonstration time. The music is great, but it's just kind of, there's no, it's it's not super deep. One of the lines I like is, is the pen is mightier than the sword, but no match for a gun. Yeah, the, like the, that. the, that's not a bad line. Uh, there was one line I really don't like. I thought I wrote it down, but I guess I didn't. Maybe it's somewhere else, but uh, they got a bachelor in bullets. I hate that. <laughs> so I okay, hate that line. That's a little crazy. That is the worst shit. <laughs> Only from the mind of Mike Love. But yeah, they got a Bachelor of Bullets. I wonder, how did they let this be on the album then if they didn't like it? It's interesting, isn't it? I, I don't know. A lot of the Beach Boys would um, sometimes just do their own songs by themselves and put it on. Um, it on there. But yeah, I wonder what exec they ran it by. And he said, oh yeah, this is actually really good. I want to like... I mean, I think it's good, but I don't think it belongs. It doesn't belong. It but lo- if they were trying to do a socially conscious album, they kind of have to throw it in, yeah, right? Because so. it's so in your face politically. I, I guess it fits theme wise, yeah. but sound wise, I don't think it does. And the interesting part about the song, though, is when it comes to protest songs, usually you usually you know the musician's political leanings. Mm-hmm. Mike Love stays so middle of the road here. He actually at one point says, "If there's 
a protest, stay at stay at home yeah. because it's, it's yeah. going to be a riot. There's a you riot. Know, like, going right, well, on. maybe are you pro protests? Yeah. Are you anti protests? I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if he was conservative back then too. It doesn't really matter either way. But yeah, uh, student demonstration time. I never skip it when I listen to no, the album. Uh, yeah. But it's it, it is it's fun. It is. The, the music's great. Yeah, that hard rock sort of thing. You know. So well done, Mike. Yes, it, yeah. it very much is the roots of what rock turned into. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> so the next song, "Feel Flows." Feel flows. Best song on the album. Okay, wait, this is weird because I wrote this down. Carl Wilson and the manager, Jack mm-hmm. Riley, wrote yeah. this song. Yeah, Jack Why R- is the manager getting involved in this? It's in, in, interesting because in, in, in he was only the manager for three and a half years, I believe. Really? And he really, he helped them write the songs. He that's, he was in it 100% with them. He was almost a Beach Boy. That's weird. I mean, he sings lead vocals on one of the songs in the album. I know. And we'll talk about that because it's very interesting. But he was, I think Dennis came up with the music. Not Dennis, uh, Carl. Mm-hmm. Carl came up with the music and only like a small amount of the lyrics. And then and then Jack, Jack Riley wrote most of the lyrics. And it's a standout. It's probably one of the best songs in the album. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they wrote it about Brian being depressed. Oh, is that true? Yeah, that's what, oh, I, that's I, know what that. I read on the internet. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, this song is about his brother Brian being depressed and tired of being that way. Huh. He discusses it from his point of view, trying to hide away from the depression and trying to be more positive. Even though he's trying to change for the better, his feelings of sadness still come out, and being sad is inevitable. He tries hmm. to sit back and cleanse himself so he relaxes, trying to gain peace of mind and sense of clarity, hoping that everything is going to be all right. Wow, I didn't know that. That's interesting. And the guitar on this song is really good everything is great they um they in the background of the album on a separate track Mm -hmm. they they take the main vocals and they reverse them they and they add reverb so it's like a womp womp kind of sound in the background yeah what song is that do you know feel feel flow wait it's from a different song no it's a separate track on the oh on the recording that was a very poor choice of words on my part (laughs) but they just in the recording process in the background they have reversed lyrics with reverb on it so it's like a very dreamlike sound that's what you know what it it, it reminded me it was very dreamlike the, the song it's also not 19 it doesn't sound like 1971 it sounds a little ahead of its time yeah one it doesn't sound like a beach boys song mm-hmm. and that's even None mike, of them do. yeah None yeah it's exactly mike love said it, it's like nothing they've ever done before mm-hmm. which is objectively true and two, it just doesn't sound like a song from the early '70s. It sounds a little later than that. Yeah. So good on them for that. Oh, it's a, it's a it's, great. It's song. probably my favorite song on the album. Uh, a lyric I really love is "Unbending, never-ending tablets of time record all mm-hmm. the yearning, unfearing all appearing message of message divine." That's fantastic. Divine. Like it's so poetic. Like, Very poetic. I, the, it's beautiful. I don't know. It's 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 you don't expect this from the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. You know, no. You know what I mean? Yeah. You expect beach days. And yeah. Surfing. And yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. Whatever I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and that's what the public was mostly used to because, like I said, Pet Sounds, which was them totally moving away from like that poppy rock and roll and doing like more baroque orchestral things. No one in America really liked that, so everyone still viewed them as being the teeny bopper boys, you know. And even nowadays, everyone still views them as that as like a fairground act. Yeah, it, that must be tough to deal with, like when you're trying to do something, yeah, right, artistic like this, mm-hmm. and you're still 
they everybody sees you as a kid. You're exactly. a, you're an eighty year old man, and yeah. people think you're a kid. That's why you have to find solace in the fact that the real Beach Boys fans know who the Beach Boys yeah. are. You know, yeah. the the ignorant general public thinks they're the the surf guys. I was one of the ignorant people. Exactly. Back, you yeah. Know, just because you know the radio station I used to work at used to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Beach Boy songs. The radio station you worked at play only played the the, the Beach songs. I know they never played yep. the good stuff. Mm-hmm. They never played the good. That's stuff. just radio in general. Never played exactly. The good stuff. Yeah. They they play the top of the pop shit. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever. but yeah, uh, Fuel Flow is really good song. Yes, yeah, I, I heard it for the first time a couple of years ago, and I was taken aback by it. I like because it's it's in the chorus. Let me pull it up the lines, but because yeah. it goes Bachelor Bullets. <laughs> I hate that shit. I thought I wrote that down. All right, so in the chorus, uh, where he they they go Fuel Flows, mm-hmm. white hot glistening shadowy flows, and then Fuel goes black hot glistening uh just like the so the, much wordplay it's so like because the feeling when the feeling comes and it flows and it goes and it's like the yin and the yang mm-hmm. and the, yeah i just I it's really, great lyrics and it's, really it's a bit it. of an earworm too it really kind of sticks in there yeah. with you yeah big fan of it and then you have were you done yes sir okay i don't know it, it's your podcast no, I, I need to move on to the next song it's just fine. tell me when you're no, ready no, i'm good uh looking at tomorrow in parentheses a welfare song You know what it reminds me of, like the mm-hmm. guitar in this song? What? It reminds me of Stairway to Heaven. Okay, I can see that a little bit. You know bit. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, cause I, in I said, a vague way, yeah. It, it, where have I heard the guitar? Why does it sound mm-hmm. so familiar? And then I played Stairway to Heaven. Uh, did it predate Stairway to Heaven? It, it may came have. Out the same year. Came out the same year. Yeah. So you'd have to get down to the months of when they were. Yeah, I, I didn't look at yeah. the months, but I looked at the years. And of course, uh, I think Led Zeppelin very famously stole that riff, anyways, from like a black guy. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, it was like some bar. Led or something, Zeppelin, wasn't it? that's all they did was just steal music from black people. So. And it's not even like a theory. They, they've they gotten no. sued and have lost in yeah. court every single time, yeah. almost. So it's yikes, Jimmy Page and uh, Robert Plant. Jimmy Page, what a fuck. <laughs> Fucking 12 year old girls and shit. God, he had a 13 year old girlfriend, to- Lori like, Maddox. Oh my God. They shared her too, you know. Ugh. Lori Maddox very famously lost her virginity though to David and Angela Bowie when she was 12. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Imagine like, it's so funny, like, imagine it's like you're 12 and you lose your virginity to David Bowie. What the fuck? (laughs) You're supposed to be losing it to some kid in a ditch in your hometown. You know, not to a a world's famous celebrity. David Bowie. Yeah, when he died, a lot of people brought that up, that he was fucking kids. And it put me in a hard place because I had to acknowledge that it's bad and also defend him. <laughs> How which, do you defend that? I, it's the 70s. He was doing cocaine. <laughs> that's all you can say. He was doing coke. Whatever. He was doing coke. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. But uh, looking at Tomorrow, a welfare song, yes. written by Al, sung by Al Jardine. It's, it's, it's a, according to him, it's an old folk song that he reworked. Mm-hmm. It's one of the weakest on it for me. Do you ever, do you ever listen to Ween? 
Yeah. It sounds kind of like a Ween song. The, so? the vocals that like, cause it almost sounds like they pitched his voice higher and Ween does a lot of, um, vocal pitch. Yeah. Very vaguely. It sounds like Ween, but it's not a very good song. I'll have to listen to it again. Yeah. Put that in my mind. I, I'm hesitant to say that it's a hit and miss record, but it's very close <laughs> to being a hit and miss record. Okay. Whole- because there are a, like three or four songs that aren't very good on this album. Yeah. And usually when I say, yeah, so that almost qualifies as a, as a hit and miss album. But overall, I really like it. I don't know why. It sounds like we're done with the album. <laughs> we're not but, done uh, yet. There's a few n- more. N- no, just because um, I've noticed a lot. I've been saying it's a weaker song. Yeah. So I started thinking, well, is this a hit and miss they album? Are y'all awake? Y'all awake? Are, are they all weak? No, none of these. Uh, three. Um, so student demonstration. Uh, yeah, there's like three weak songs on there. Okay. They're actually weak. You can cut that whole part out if you want. We I went on a tangent. And then you have, after looking at Tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, what were your thoughts on that song, by the way? Looking at Tomorrow? Yeah, you liked it? I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather listen to Stairway to Heaven. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not that much like Stairway to Heaven, Nelson. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. All right. Uh, a day in the life of a tree. Trees like me weren't meant to live. If all this world can give pollution and slow Sad song. Yes. And of course, it's composed by Brian because he was going through it at the time. And he was thinking about all the ecological, ecological damage going on in the world. <laughs> but also, it's a deeply personal song because it's all about him. Mm-hmm. And Jack Riley, the manager, sang the song. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> That's why I'm so saying, weird. like, during this time, he was a Beach Boy. He, he was, was writing a Beach, Beach Boy. Boy songs and he was recording main vocals on Beach Boy's records. That's so weird. It's bizarre. And so, what do you think that, like, the conversation was in the studio? No, exactly. Well, well <laughs> let me get in the booth. What had happened was all the other boys thought it was too sad. They didn't want to sing it. Oh, okay. And so Brian was going to sing it and then he had Jack Riley do kind of like a vocal guide track. Like a demo or something? Like a demo. And then Brian started crying listening to it. Oh, shit. And he said, all right, you're gonna sing it because it's totally it's about it's about brian and and a lot of people have said that because i mean listen to these lyrics feel the wind burn through my skin the pain the air is killing me for years my limbs stretched to the sky a nest for birds to sit and sing but now my branches suffer and my leaves don't bear the glow they did so long ago thinking about brian talking about himself and that's sad that that is a man who is down bad in japanese 17k <laughs> was that too much for you? <laughs> they have they they have more than four K in Japan, dude. <laughs> okay, but it also like he also goes on and says, "Trees like me weren't meant to live. Mm-hmm. If all this world can give is pollution, pollution, p- Pelosi. pollution. <laughs> Nancy, Pel- all, all they give us is fucking Nancy Pelosi. Pollution and slow death. Yeah, that, this is jeez. Uh, it is rough." It's he's down bad. He's black pill. <laughs> he's he's totally doom scrolling on the TL, bro. <laughs> Brian was in his bathrobe in his mansion, doom scrolling, 
Doom I've scrolling TikTok. Term. Oh yeah, doom, doom scrolling. scrolling. It's a big thing. Doom scrolling TikTok. That's all your Patrick. That's all your Patrick. That's all your, <laughs> that's all your brother does is doom scroll. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it, it, it's a pretty good song, but it's so sad, you know. And uh, but yeah, he he heard Jack Riley singing. He said, "All right, you're singing it." And then they had some help on this album from an old Beach Boys friend who is Van Dyke Parks. Yeah, he did backing vocals, and I actually wrote down a quote if I can say it from Van Dyke. Sure, go ahead. Van Dyke is a man who shoots from the hip. He's a bit of an old soul. He's very. Um, he was born in California. But he had a, like Louisiana vibes, like old old ragtime country songs, and he he actually, if you ever want to do a, a really interesting episode of the show, mm-hmm. either do his two album, his first album was Song Cycle from I think sixty seven or sixty eight, and his other album was Discover America, which is him covering old uh, old songs from Trinidad and Tobago, like <laughs> really? calypso songs, because he's huge into calypso, like, like okay. Caribbean music. <laughs> And but but he helped write a lot of songs on Smiley Smile and some songs on Pet Sounds, and Smiley Smile for everyone who's a bit of a novice for the Beach Boys. After this is a little bit of a tangent. After uh, Pet Sounds came out, it didn't do that well, and so they were very weary of Brian's new weird direction. Mm-hmm. But Brian had this idea for a giant grandiose album called Smile, and it never really came to fruition, and so they just kind of had a stripped down version called smiley smile that came out in i think 67 a year after pet sounds and uh and so a lot of those songs were co-written with van dyke parks and then later on in 2010 smile finally had a release they finished the album uh but van dyke shoots from the hip and he's never he's never he doesn't really he acknowledges that brian is mentally ill sure. but he talks so much shit about brian <laughs> and so uh here's a quote from van dyke parks i kind of uh cleaned it up a little bit i went up there to congratulate them on acting like grown-ups on continuing to push then they had me doing a vocal i was just called in to do some singing on one line of course i had to stumble out of the studio in pitch darkness brian turned out all the lights had to crawl out of there on the floor clutching my wife most humiliating thing I've ever done. Oh, it's a power trip, all right. But I can get behind that. I can get behind the way Brian does it. It's funny to watch him when he can't find something he owns. It's cute when he ignores someone else's needs. Because he can always plead insanity. Van Dyke Parks. What the fuck? He's <laughs> just totally just dragging Brian's ass to hell and back. What does he mean it was pitch black? I don't that may have been like a weird mental illness thing Brian Wilson did <laughs> to where he would have the whole studio being black. I don't know. He was a weird dude. He uh during pet sounds in his house, he filled a whole room with sand with one grand piano in the middle of it. That's a He was a strange dude. That's the beach room. It, that's the beach room. <laughs> they they probably never seen the beach before. <laughs> It's fucking Beach Boys, but yeah, uh, life of a a day in the life of a tree, sad song. But hey, that's the Beach Boys. They're they're a bunch of sad boys. Till I die. Till I die. This is the last one I have notes for. I never got around to surf up, which is the title track. (laughs) (laughs) I had three days to do a deep dive. (laughs) You had like a longer than that. You you asked me on Friday. No, you asked me on Thursday, I think. Did I? Yeah. I thought I gave you like, like we talked about Super short notice. No. No. Well. So I'm doing a great job either way. Because I bought the record like two weeks ago. Did you? Yeah. Well, well, you planned it for a later date, but Patrick pulled out early. Well, Patrick I, never I pulled out. him out. 
if it's okay Anyways, after this, we'll take a little I pause. I appreciate you being oh, here. Of course. No, no, I've, I've been wanting to be on here for a long time. Yes. I was perplexed when you asked me to finally be on it and you said we were doing, talking about Surf's Up <laughs> because that's the last album I know a lot about. See, maybe Beach Boy, maybe the Beatles, John Prine, Johnny Cash, something. But no, I'm you You expanded my knowledge of this album I'm and I glad. really appreciate it because I always just kind of skimmed over I it. I figured it would be the most interesting to talk about. Definitely. It's so weird. It's so weird. It was during such a strange time for the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Really depressing time. And, and, and even though this did well on the charts, they still never really got back to their their peak popularity like in the 60s. You know, it was a standout for that time for them, but they never bounced back fully. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, we have more of the album to talk about. Uh, Till I Die, which was Til written and sung by Brian. Uh, I mean, he just reflects on death and hopelessness. It's, so, it's still, it's a fucking sad song. Yeah, he, well. he he suffered from an existential crisis and almost drove his car off this Santa Monica pier. And during that time, he also told his gardener to build to dig a grave in his backyard for him wow, to die wow. in. Yeah, he was down bad. Brian Wilson is the most down bad musician in music history. Um, but and that includes Gary Glitter. Who is that? <laughs> that famous pedophile who's in jail. He did that. Da, 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 hey, da, da, da. the Joker Rock and song. Roll part two. Rock and roll part two. Yeah, Gary Glitter. He's in prison forever. Yeah, that's why when it was using Joker, everyone was pissed off because they thought they were giving money to Gary Glitter. Um, I mean, listen, a guy named Gary Glitter didn't think he's not a pedophile. People were surprised by it. his name's Gary Glitter. Come on, that's not his government name, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's his Christian name. That's his, that's his birth name. Gary his surname Glitter. is Glitter. So uh, this song gets really existential because it's it's I'm a cork on the ocean yeah. over the raging sea. Mm-hmm. How deep is the ocean? I lost my way. Yeah. And, and there are more lyrics like that. Like I'm a rock in a landslide. Mm-hmm. I'm a leaf on a windy day. I'm so ig- insignificant that I'm just this is what I am as a human being. Which is interesting to think that because he's the one of the greatest minds yes. in music history. It, yes. You know, like <laughs> I like like objectively speaking, he's a rock star pretty much. Yeah. But that just shows you that even if you have the whole world at your fingertips, you can still be insecure. These these are the things I'll be until I die. That's what he says. In, in it's crazy. It's, it's really yeah. But like when he was writing this, he it's really interesting because he was trying to emulate uh, the sound of like the ocean shifting tides, oh, like really? the moods of the tides, and this kind of shows you how just mentally, like how much of a genius he is because when he was trying to find the chords for the song, mm-hmm. he would create geometric patterns with his fingers in the keyboard and work from there and make chords, which is wild. He's, he was making his own chords. Which I, I know the thing musicians do, but using geometric shapes with his fingers and doing chords, wild, that man is, wild shit. You know, there's a lot of tortured geniuses. You know, yeah. I think he's one of them. And of course, Mike Love thought it was a downer and really wanted not to be on the album. Well, Mike Love sounds Mike, like a bitch. He was always accusing Brian of writing druggy lyrics and doing this and that. And when they accepted 
Oh my god. I'm about to get pissed off about Mike Love. Let's go. Let's get when they it. accepted their award at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh-huh. Mike Love was drunk and he like like barely let Brian speak at the acceptance ceremony and also called out the Beatles. And what? like it's like okay, maybe you shouldn't have called out the Beatles. What do they say? He was like uh he was talking about how he, how they still perform so many shows. He was I I I like to see the mop tops top that. Because, of course, people were called the Mop Toss back in the day. It's like, all right, Mike, you might want to back off. Yeah, let's relax here. All right, because people always say, you know, I'm about to get on my Beatles shit. Sure. And I might speak a little ill of the Beach Boys right now. Okay. But what happens is these people who love Pet Sounds, it's my favorite album of all time. Mm -hmm. It's a genius album. Sure. But they'll say, well, you know, the Beatles, you know, the the Beach Boys have Pet Sounds. I'm like, yeah, okay, and the Beatles had like eight Pet Sounds. What are you talking about? (laughs) You know? Like, shut the fuck up about Pet Sounds. We know it's genius, but they... The Beach Boys also had a lot of bad albums, too. Yeah, yeah the, there's, the Beatles don't have one bad no, album. No, there's not one bad <laughs> you album. Know? So, I mean, sorry, guys. Sorry, Beach Boys. And I've always told people, I say, you don't like the Beach Boys. You like Brian Wilson. Yeah, that's no. what it comes down yes, to. Think, he I was in charge of the harmonies. And that's why the harmonies aren't as rich on this album, because Brian was barely involved with it. And he was always the one, just a genius with, with harmonies, you know? And the, Beatles, the, the Beach Boys are the best harmonizers in music history everyone will tell you that they're, yeah. they're the best it's insane yeah they're a bunch of brothers and cousins in california just doing it in their bedrooms it's crazy to think about surf's up a diamond necklace plays the pond hand in hand sun grown the long walk to a handsome man in the top a blind glass there a star from sea back to the opera glass you see The, the title track. The title track and the last song. How uncommon for a title track to be the last song. I thought that was really weird. Because when I first listened to this album, I thought the first song, uh, what is it called? The, don't Go Near the Water. The, don't Go Near the Water. I thought that was Surf's Up. And that's like the image I had made in mm-hmm. my head. Yeah. Yeah. But then I you know, listened to the rest of it and Surf's Up's at the yeah. end. Yeah. And Surf's Up is a beautiful song. It's it's great. It was left over from the Smile Sessions. Is it? It was the last song that they reworked to for, from the Smile Sessions for a later album. And because there were only demos that Brian did. Because, of course, they scrapped the Smile album. And they really wanted to put it on the album. And Brian was super hesitant to put it on. Because he said it was too long. Yeah. But the song's only like f- four minutes and like 25 seconds or just Something short, yeah, it's like not, it, it, it's not, not a crazy long song. But, I mean, a lot of those songs are super short. Exactly, two uh, minutes at most. Yeah, I think it was Friends or 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 one of the before this. It was most of the songs only went a little over two minutes. So the Beach Boys are no strangers to short songs. So I guess in the Beach Boys' view, a four plus minute song is pretty long. You know what I think of when I think of this song mm. is I think I feel like it's a play on Times Up. Yeah, okay. And it's called Surf's Up, but mm-hmm. it's it's cuz it's such like a moody, depressing song. Very moody. Like, and it's the last song, so like Surf's Up, like it's mm-hmm. over, we're done. Yeah. We're yeah, done surf, with the, Surf's Up. Well, I thought of that. We're way, done yeah. with all the surfing USA bullshit. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I feel. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. I never thought of it that way. Thank you. It's it's a uh, it, it's classified as as prog pop. Okay. And and I can see why cuz it's 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 I've I remember when I first really got into the Beach Boys, it was one of the first songs I heard from like 
the cool Beach Boys songs, not yeah. the the beach music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is like a musical o- odyssey. Oh yeah, because it goes through so many different like time signatures. There's so many like different three moves. different like vibes. If you skip through the song, it's, every time yeah. you stop at a different part, it's a different fucking song. Yeah, is it, it's fantastic. They call it a beat change nowadays. Yeah, they call it a beat change now. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and and Brian was super hesitant to even work on it for for Surfs Up the, the album, and so so I guess what happened was Carl ended up doing like the first half of the song and they use some of Brian's old vocals from 66. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to understand cause there's so much information going on when you read about it, but, uh, it's a great way to cap cap the album yep. I'd say. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't hesitate to say that it's one of the beach boys best songs. It's really, really it's a beautiful really song. Really and if, if I recall, it's been probably close to 10 years since I listened to it, but I think there is a really rough demo you can find on YouTube or something of Brian doing it just on a grand piano by himself. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh, I'm going to listen. I'm it's really nice. It's kind awesome. of like low quality. If my me- I may be making up this whole memory, but, uh, it's fine. but yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, it's a great way to cap off an album. So it opens with the line, a diamond necklace played the pawn, which is a reference to uh, the Guy de Maupassant. Really? Short story, The Necklace, in which a poor woman panics when she loses an expensive diamond necklace, only to discover later on uh, that it was worth very little in the first place. Oh, okay. I know Rich people set up the patsy. Huh. So it's, it's a play on... You know, a, a diamond, diamond necklace, necklace played, played the pawn. Pawn played pawn. the pawn. Yeah, which is it's it's. I always thought it was part. It also, it, I think, it, like could mean like you know nothing is what it seems. It mm-hmm. like something that you may think is like worth a million dollars is worth nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a way to look at it. Yeah. So I found that video. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, did you actually? Yes. Yeah. So it's real. It wasn't a fever dream. Yeah, yeah I guess not. Of course, house fever dream. Some ibuprofen <laughs> overdose dream. <laughs> yeah, but uh, to everyone out there, uh, look it up because it's a great uh, early demo of it. Even like when when they go surfs up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, like, the humming is so. Uh, yep, it's very cool. And one of the cool, it's a, it's such a mellow song, and I know that surfs up has multiple meanings and uh, mm-hmm. pertain to this track. Yeah. But it's interesting because, yeah, hey, surf's up. You know, it's usually like, hey, let's go out catch yeah. some waves. But this is like a Hang very moody, like, surf's, surf's up, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's even better when you look at that sad, worn-out <laughs> American Indian yeah. with, a, with holding the spear on the horse. And right above him, it says, surf's up. <laughs> <laughs> Because it is very sarcastic and oh yeah no definitely um, not in a humorful way but like in a like a like a, how how kind of life is mm-hmm. oh uh, yeah has it takes on a double meaning sometimes mm-hmm. <clears throat> the ups and downs of life and, and and Brian Wilson is no stranger to the ups and downs of life something I really really love about the song where uh, it goes in I heard the word the wonderful thing a children's song mm-hmm. and then the 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 backing track changes and then it's child child. 
a child is the father of man. Yeah. Which is a reference to a William Words, Wordsworth really? poem. Huh. Which goes, my heart leaps up when I behold a rainbow in the sky. So was it when my life began. So it's now I am man. So it be when I grow old or let me die. The father, the earth. I'm sorry. The child is the father of the man. And I wish I could wish my days to be bound each to each by natural piety. So it's a lot to unpack there, bucko too much, too much (laughs) to unpack. But you know, cause this song is so, there's so many layers to Mm -hmm. this song. It's like an onion or an ogre. Just like an ogre. And it's also probably the most 60s sounding song on the album. Oh, yeah. So it it sure. totally sounds like yeah. like mid-60s, like Pet Sounds, Smiley Smile, Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great song. Beautiful. And like I said, great way to end the album. Nice and mellow. Keeps you in check. Don't get too happy, kid. <laughs> well, this whole album is just depression. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. And and unfortunately, it's a, it's a side of the Beach Boys that no one... No one in the mainstream or just the average Joe ever pays attention to. That's why I wanted to bring attention yeah, to it's it. It's like that sad, real genius of the Beach Boys. Yeah. And uh, pe- most people who aren't super into music totally just don't pay attention to it. Surf's up. <laughs> Cowbunga, dude. So you have anything else on this song? No. No. I, I, I love it. It's, it, it's it, one of the best Beach Boys songs of yes, all time. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I have. And... That's the album. There's only yeah. 10 songs. It's only like 30 oh, it's minutes like long. 32 minutes or something like that. Uh, and also a funny thing about us recording a Beach Boys podcast today is Pet Sounds was released 55 years ago today, in 1966. Yep. Wow. So happy birthday to Pet Sounds. Happy birthday, Pet Sounds. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Brian Wilson. Merry Christmas, Brian Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a deep cut to my music. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, ten years ago, me and my friend Steven were in a band, and we wrote a song called "Merry Christmas, Brian Wilson." I actually found the original written lyrics recently. I was playing. I didn't ukulele. even know that. I just know the YouTube video. That you oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I was referencing. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Brian Wilson. Yeah, my late grandfather saying a very gruff voice. I had my whole family lined up saying "Merry Christmas, Brian Wilson" for the video. <laughs> I've always been stupid. <laughs> That's the tagline of the episode. <laughs> That's all I got to say, though, man. Thanks. Love the Beach Boys. Genius band, and I wish they got more credit. Yes, I, I agree. They mm-hmm. they are the American Beatles. Exactly. Yeah. So. They're Americana through and through. They're, they're as American as cheeseburgers, Coca-Cola, and apple pie. Three very bad things for you. <laughs> American. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Tristan Horse, thank you for coming on my, it's, pod- it's our, my our podcast, man. It's been it's been a great great time. Have here. me back whenever you want. Uh, is there anything you like to plug? Uh, welcome to the Horse House is my podcast. You can get it on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Music. And also, uh, the Apple Podcast app on iOS. Twitter, um, at duh underscore horse underscore house. And launch cart for our merch, duh, hyphen, horse, hyphen, house, <laughs> at uh, dot launch cart dot store. Look it up. And you can find us at Gastel Traveling on Instagram and all everywhere. I don't know. Follow Randy. He's great. Thank you. Uh, on hell. He's on quite these. the he's quite the producer. He is quite, he's our Jamie, pretty much. Yeah. What, what would you call his role? Is that pro- that's producer, right? It's producer. Yeah, producer. Sound guy. Yeah. Handsome figure. You wear many hats, Randy. They all look great on you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I like it. My pleasure. So, this has been Gastel Traveling. We'll see mm-hmm. you next week. Uh, 
What are you pointing at? Food. I forgot oh, they took oh, my plate. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Randy, for yes. reminding me. This is why this is what we got. We have to rate the food in the album. Oh, okay, yeah. So, what? What? Out of ten, what do you rate? Out of ten, I'd say this album's a solid seven. Okay. Yep. What do you give uh, the angel, the meal? That One out of ten. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking nine and a half. It's fantastic. Man blows it out of the park. It blows it out of the fucking. I mean, park. he 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 he. If he if you like. Let him just do what he want. It'll be a ten. Yeah, I but because know. he's in the restrictions mm-hmm. of the album, it's it's going to be lower. Yeah, well, he so. does the best job with oh, yeah. his restrictions. Oh yeah, yep. It's without a oh. doubt. I was blown away. Uh, so I personally, I would give him a ten because mm-hmm. he's just amazing. He's beautiful. He's an artist. You want to fuck him? I do. <laughs> I would. And the album, you know, I would give it. This is probably like one of the. I don't want to use the word worst album we've done, but it's not the greatest. Yeah. So I want to give it like a six and a half. It's no live at Folsom Prison. Yeah. yeah. I want to give it like a six and a half. Because mm-hmm. it, it is good and I really like some of the lines in it, but that fucking, what is his name, Mike Love guy? Mike Love. He's a real fuck. He's a real, he's <laughs> a real fuck. You know, and everyone hates him in the music industry too. Really? Everyone I, hates him. I imagine he's... Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah uh, lyrically, it's not their strongest album, mm-hmm. but just musically, sonically, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So. Gospel Traveling. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.